Chapter Thirteen of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen: The Unexpected Happens. In Mrs. Bryant's kitchen, utmost order reigned. Not only the kitchen, but the little shop, as well as the study, which the initiated will remember all belonged to one room, wore an air of expectancy. The very dollies in the pretty show window seemed to be listening and their sweet puckered lips looked almost ready to say we believe she is coming we think we hear her step as for daisy bryant nervousness had almost gotten the better of her she had wiped the dishes and helped to set them away she had dusted every article of furniture in the suite of rooms she had arranged and rearranged the dollies until she was sure they made as good an exhibit as possible and there was literally nothing else to busy herself about what could she do but watch the slow-moving hands of the slow old clock and walk back and forth from the window to her little chair in the study and hold herself by main force of will from either shouting or crying in her highly wrought nervous condition she felt almost equally ready for either the condition of things was just this the bryant family had elected that this was the day in which their caroline was to arrive so certain were they of this that one of the precious chickens of daisy's own raising had been killed and dressed and was at that moment gently stewing on the back part of the shining stove making itself ready for the five o'clock grand dinner which they meant to have in honor of the homecoming some delicious spitzenberg apples were sputtering at one another in the oven making ready for the same feast there were potatoes just ready to pop into the kettle to be boiled and mother bryant was at that moment engaged in putting the finishing touches to a wonderful rice pudding which she knew how to make delicious without eggs or cream oh the dinner was to be everything that heart could desire the only question was would she be there to eat it they had discussed it in all its probabilities at the breakfast-table that morning ben and daisy with the assurance of their years and the mother coming in with her notes of warning remember children she has not written positively that she would come to-day no but mother what would hinder her any longer i am sure she has been long enough and of course she is in a hurry the little girl is better and you know she said she was almost certain the doctor would say yes and if he did she would surely start this morning of course she would not need to wait to write she would know well enough that i would meet every single train all true ben dear but many things might occur to hinder her the conductor might have reasons why he thought it better for her to wait until to-morrow or the doctor might suggest her waiting for reasons of his own perhaps it is not probable but what i want you to remember is that it is better not to be certain of things i like to be certain said ben speaking almost crossly he was so anxious to see caroline poor fellow i have been kept on uncertainties long enough as for daisy she had no arguments to put into words and could only say with a curious little catch in her breath which told the watchful mother how much her heart was set upon it i think she will come to-day mother i do indeed 
and now it was nearing the hour when she ought in all reasonableness to be expected if the day was to bring her it had been a long nervous one to get through with the little family watched for the ten and three o'clock mails half uncertain whether to hope for or to fear a letter but when none arrived their hopes grew strong even the mother allowed her heart to say the dear child must surely be coming to-day ben had announced as he dashed in to report no letter in the three o'clock mail that he should not come home again until he brought line with him i shall go straight to the station from the office he announced gleefully and as soon as our four feet can bring us you may expect to see us walk in have your nose at the window-pane daisy linda for line will want to see it the first thing little need to urge her to that the small nose began to flatten itself against the pane nearly an hour before the train was even due though mrs bryant had nearly worn herself out with schemes for keeping her little daughter busily employed you begin to think she will truly come don't you mother the undertone of plaintiveness in the question went to the mother's heart daisy was frailer than usual this winter some way her colds which were always things to be dreaded had worn upon her more than ever before she had a slight one now which was the reason why she must forego the eagerly planned pleasure of meeting line at the depot we will think so darling at least and yet mother does not like to see her little girl set her heart so much upon it don't you remember that if she should not come it will be because our father thought it best she should not oh yes'm said daisy with a visible quiver in her lips but i like to think he wants her to come to-day because we need her so then the train whistled and the mother was glad at least this suspense would be over in a little while it seemed a long while the apples sputtered themselves done and had to be taken up and even the potatoes which were not expected to be done just yet insisted on receiving attention before daisy at the window announced that ben was coming she heard his step around the corner then in a minute more he has turned the corner and oh mother he is alone never mind dear said mrs bryant going quickly to the window to put loving arms around her little girl and kiss her trembling lips perhaps ben has a letter which will tell us all about it and we shall have the fun of getting ready for her all over again to-morrow she didn't come said ben as he flung open the door but here's a letter i had to wait forever for the mail to be distributed then the poor fellow turned away and actually tried to hide his bitter disappointment in a whistle or two while his mother tore open the letter of course you want to hear it almost as badly as they did philadelphia december eighteen blank my darling mother and ben and daisy to think that i am sitting down writing to you instead of putting the last things into my trunk as i expected to be oh mother i don't know how to tell it and i don't know what to do do burst forth ben in uncontrollable indignation why in the name of all that is sensible doesn't she come home i wouldn't wait another hour for any little girl or doctor in the world oh please to listen ben pleaded daisy and the mother continued it is such a strange thing to tell 
and seem so kind of tangled up in my mind. I want to begin at the end and work my way back to the beginning somehow, but I guess I won't. I'll make it tell itself just like a story, then Daisy will like to hear it. I went to Dr. Forsythe's yesterday afternoon, as I told you I was to do, and I had the longest time to wait in the parlor. He had to go out, after all, though he meant to be at home to see me. While I waited, the loveliest little girl I ever saw in my life, except, of course, my own darling Daisy, came and talked to me. She said she was Dorothy Forsythe, and that she was not like other little girls. There is something the matter with her heart. She has never been to school, and she wants to go very much. Her father said it was the desire of his heart to indulge her, because he could not hope to have her many years. Just think, although he is so great a doctor, he cannot cure his own little girl. To save his life, Ben could not help interrupting again, with a groan of impatience. Mother, what in the world is she waiting to tell us all that for? Why doesn't she come home? Have patience, my boy, said Mrs. Bryant, and read on. Oh, I cannot wait to tell you all about it. The doctor came, and was in a hurry after all, and said he must talk fast, and, mother, he wants me to stay in Philadelphia this winter. There, I have told the end in the middle, after all. He says if I will, he can trust me to take Dorothy to school every morning, and bring her home in the afternoon, and see that she has enough wraps on, and not too many, and that she does not walk too fast, or get on and off the cars too quickly. You see, she is very, very delicate, and her face looks like an angel's, I should think. And he says if I will stay, he will have me live at his house, and get me all the clothes I need, and send me to school, and let me take music lessons, and pay me a dollar a week for looking after Dorothy. And, oh, mother, mother, I want to see you so badly, I can hardly wait to write the words. But he thought, and the worst of it is, I thought so too, that I ought to wait and write to you all about it, and he has written this big letter which I enclose. That will tell you the whole story ever so much better than I could. But I knew you would read mine first. So now they knew why Caroline did not come on the five o'clock train. There was more to the letter, much more indeed, but before it could be finished, or the doctor's letter looked at, Mrs. Bryant had to stop and gather her little Daisy in her arms, and try to soothe the most heartbroken fit of crying she had ever seen the child indulge herself in. And the mother was glad of it, for she felt that tears, however bitter, were better than the still, white-faced way in which Daisy sometimes bore pain. Meantime, Ben walked the floor, and gave vent to his long-pent-up feelings by declaring that he thought, Line Bryant was simply too horrid for anything, and that if she liked little angels and doctors and things better than she did them, she would better let them adopt her and not come home at all. Nobody paid the slightest attention to what he said, and nobody knew that he did not mean a word of it better than he did himself. I do not know when they would have got settled down again, if it had not been for the chicken, which took that opportunity to stick itself fast to the stewing pan, and emit an odor which made Mrs. Bryant drop letters and little girl in a heap, as she said, Oh, our chicken is burning! 
and ran ben had to go to the rescue and bring her a dish and a fork and put the covers on the stove and when the excitement was over it was found that daisy had dried her eyes and was ready to hear the rest of the story it was later than they had meant it should be when the bryant family ate their supper mrs bryant had scrambled the extra plate and knife and fork out of sight and motioned ben to set away the extra chair before she summoned daisy who sat holding arabella aurelia close to her heart and clasping caroline's letter firmly in her left hand they had certainly plenty to talk about the solemn question over which each one thought and nobody cared to put into words was would mother write to line to stay or to come home ben settled it in his own mind that it would be ridiculous and absurd to think of such a thing why they might as well give line up altogether he assured himself that he should express his mind freely and say that line ought to have known better than to have waited to ask of course she was to come home and if his mother dreamed of such a thing as telling her to stay he should think they had all gone crazy together he argued it all out how he would controvert his mother's logic supposing for a moment that she had any on the wrong side and convince her that the thing was not to be thought of for a moment he wished she would begin the discussion herself twice he opened his mouth to say mother of course you will write to line to come home day after tomorrow without fail will you not but a glance at daisy's pale face and a realization of the effort that she was bravely making to shed no more tears and even eat a little supper held his impatience in check mother meantime talked only of the little dorothy she had a little sister once who had heart disease a beautiful little white sister who could never run nor play ball nor skip the rope nor swing and everybody loved her and felt sorry for her and she died when she was fourteen then mrs bryant went on to say that it was certainly a great honor which had been bestowed upon caroline to think of entrusting her with such a charge it showed plainer than anything else could what dr forsythe thought of their dear girl then she said as though it had just occurred to her why we have not read his letter yet i will read while you two finish your suppers it was a beautiful letter long and full with such a description of dorothy as a great loving-hearted father with one little lamb to love knew how to give and such words about caroline as a fond mother would love to read altogether ben's excitement quieted a little and he silently accepted his mother's decision that they would not talk over how to answer the letter until they had prayed and slept over it daisy apparently was very willing not to talk she looked pale and tired excitement and disappointment had worn her out she was quite willing to take arabella aurelia and go early to bed when the last things for the night had been done and ben turned away from bolting the door to meet his mother's gaze and she stood up beside him not in a protecting but in a caressing way and leaned her head against his broad shoulder as if for support and said oh ben dear what shall mother do can you help her to be unselfish and make a wise choice for her daughter one that she will not regret afterwards 
instead of breaking forth into a tirade as to the absurdity and impossibility of the whole scheme ben flushed and hesitated and choked a little and at last said huskily it is very hard on you mother and on us but it is a rare chance for line i suppose she has a talent for music and the city schools are he stopped just there he felt that he had said every word he could and had admitted a great deal of course there were many things to be considered before such an important letter could be answered ben did not expect to sleep a wink that night and even poor little daisy whispered to arabella aurelia that they must lie awake and think but before she had quite finished the whisper she was asleep as for ben he turned over three times but when he was ready for the fourth turn it was broad daylight the mother had not fared so well she made no resolutions as to wakefulness on the contrary she told herself that she must put it all aside and get her regular sleep and she did her best but from midnight until three o'clock she lay broad awake and went over the entire ground many times it was not until the breakfast next morning was well under way that she asked her question well children when shall we hold our counsel as to what to say to caroline both children were entirely silent at last ben his face flushing as he spoke i'm willing to leave it to you mother i know you will do the right thing was that not a beautiful thing for a boy to say his mother answered him with a fond appreciative smile and turned to daisy what does our little girl say daisy was even slower than ben had been of course you know best she said presently low-voiced and sweet and i mean to be very good if i can whatever you decide because if i should be selfish about my line it would make me feel ashamed when i met that little dorothy in heaven mother and son telegraphed a look at each other and both felt that daisy had gone to the root of the matter nevertheless mrs bryant felt that in so important a question as this she ought to have counsel i think i shall call upon dr mather this morning and ask his advice she said thoughtfully after a few minutes of silence ben looked his surprise but said not a word dr mather was their pastor and it was so entirely reasonable a thing to look to him for advice that there seemed no words in which to express surprise nevertheless ben if it had been respectful would have declared that he would have considered it more appropriate for dr mather to come to his mother for advice truth to tell mrs bryant had come to her decision by a roundabout road she found that she wanted very much to know what mr holden would say about it but to go to him for advice would be discourteous to her pastor even though dr mather should never hear of it as he probably would not this true woman felt that her own heart would condemn it as a discourtesy and that it was not to be borne long thinking over the matter had brought her to that decision i shall call upon dr mather this morning End of chapter thirteen